Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edge Hill. And we're coming to you live from a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. To bring you our take on some of our favorite movies. That's right, we're talking Star Wars. So get your lightsabers ready, or in this movie's case, your laser sword, since it never says lightsaber. And couch your midichlorians. Because we've got a special guest this week joining us for episode one, The Phantom Menace. Now, our special guest comes to us from the great country of Texas, uh, where she is, I believe, the mascot, if I'm not mistaken, or she is the state itself. It's very ambiguous how this all works. But, uh, Texas, uh, would you would you like to introduce yourself and maybe give us an interesting fact about your best friend? Sure. So, my name is Julia, and I am known through parts of the internet as Julia, who is from Texas, um, or- I was under the impression that it is- that Texas is from Julia. Oh, now I have to check, because it changes. Okay. I think it's a Texas who is Julia right now. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's what it well, is right now. your nickname's better than mine. I don't have a nickname. Well, maybe you should join the Discord. I can do that. Anyway, <laughs> Julia- Julia, who are you? What do you what do you do? What how do people what you YouTube, right? You're YouTube. I do YouTube. I have a very, very small channel called Julia Goes. Um okay. where I do mostly makeup, but also like have you heard of Disney bounding? I've not. Tell me more. So about Disney that. bounding is when you as an adult, when you go to Disneyland or Disney World, you are not allowed to dress up as a character because it's confusing for small children. And so Disney bounding is a movement of how you dress up as a character without dressing up as a character. So I do kind of tutorials on that. And I also have a second channel called Julia Goes Traveling, where I go traveling. This sounds all super interesting. What's like, is there like a, is those the names of the channel? Julia Goes and Julia Goes Traveling? Yep. Those are the two names. Um, yeah. Oh, I also am in the military. I've been in the military for 10 years. And um, yep, joined when I was 17 years old. So that gives you my age. I you older than me. I yeah, I am older than you. <laughs> but um, I kind of came to know you guys through Ben from mm-hmm. the Super Carlin Brothers. Uh, I was our first Star Wars guest. Yes. Yes. Um, he. I was at one point driving five hours a day for work, and I put like I asked a couple of people. I'm like, what should I listen to in the car? Because I was bored. It's like, oh, my brother just started this new podcast. So that's how we ended up here. And then I kind of like stopped listening because my commute turned into like two minutes. And then I drove mm-hmm. to Arizona and listened to like 15 hours. And it was very entertaining. So thank you guys for that one. Ethan, isn't it mind boggling that we even have 15 hours of content? I was thinking about this the other day because um, I finally got my parents to listen to the podcast. And that's when they actually bought the shirts. And my mom was like, yeah, we'll just, you know, Russell will take it night and we'll sit down and listen to it and i was like we have like a day (laughs) right you can listen to like it's like a day and a half now because there's like this will be episode 31 right this is episode 24 so uh thank you for introducing yourself julie we're gonna run down the stats on this movie and then we're actually gonna do something new we're gonna read a positive and negative review from professional film critics who were there at the time of its release and then um we'll dive in you ready i'm ready I'm awesome. Ready. When was this movie awesome. released, Tyler? Uh, Ethan, it was released on May 19th, 1999, uh, it, it, which is about 6,853 days oh, about? ago. Which is it? Actually, it's exactly. Yeah. 
6,853 days ago as of this recording. Uh, and it was it was made on a $115 million budget. And it was one of the most successful, if not the most successful movie we reviewed thus far, uh, making back $1.027 billion, I think. So these are uh, inflation factoring figures. So that's what they would have made today. Right. So that's okay. how Wikipedia lists all of them. And I figured I would just go with that because that kind of fits with what we've already been doing. Right. So is that better or worse than Elf? Because Elf only had a $20 million budget and it made a lot of money, right? Yeah, it made like $300 million. I don't know. I can't, uh, that's, math is hurting my brain. Uh, people didn't like it, Ethan. People did not like no, it. They got a 55% uh, critic rating and a 59% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which are both failing grades at any American high school, and a 51 on Metacritic, which is also Yeah, a I think it's grade. the worst, or tied for the worst movie we've reviewed so far. I think you're absolutely right. Um, with, I believe, the Polar fact, Express. I think a 51 on Metacritic is, is a failing grade anywhere, except for if you're like an engineering major, then they right, curve that. I have no idea. Let me tell you works. what I didn't do in college, and that was engineering. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. You want me to build your bridges? No, thank you. I played no, like bridge you. builder simulation on the school laptops in high school. I did that. I did that too. Well, are you talking about like bridge building the game that like was super easy I'm to play? I'm talking about you should like... read a positive review of this movie if you can find one. Okay, I did. It took a while to find one. A lot of them, and even this one included, started out like, I mean, it was like, you can watch it, right? And there were like three out of five stars for a positive review. This one actually is giving it four and a half stars. Uh, and it was written by our good friend John R. McEwen for The Republican in 1999, uh, May 19th, 1999. So uh, about 10 days after the release of the film. So maybe he was still an amateur, not quite getting his movie passes just yet. Uh, but his positive review is, look, I don't want any death threats or anything. I enjoyed the film and feel that it established the foundation for many story elements that were curiously unexplained in the previous trilogy. There's no shortage of amazing action and eye-popping visuals, settings, costumes, ships and droid designs, animal creations, all fascinating and impeccably rendered. But the dialogue lacks the wit and panache. Panache? How do you say that word? Panache, I think? Panache? Panache? You know who would know this? John Negroni would know this word. Yeah. Anyway. It lacks the wit of the earlier films, an element desperately needed nowadays to make any special effects movie beyond the realm of technical excellence into the level of greatness Lucas had achieved before. Four and a half out of five stars. That's generous, in my it's opinion. It's very generous. I think I don't think the the stars match what he said. No, that sounded like a like a solid three, maybe. Yeah, like he's he's giving it four and a half out of five stars on visuals alone, pretty much. Yeah, it didn't even look that good. Well, it didn't stand the test of time, but in 1999, I think yeah, it probably, probably. pretty cool. So I. I was stuck with the arduous task of finding a negative review for this movie, and I had to slog through the backlogs of the internet to find somebody who didn't just absolutely gush with joy over Star Wars The Phantom Menace. But I did it for you guys. Thanks, Ethan. What do you On got? May 16th, no, sorry, May 17th, 1999, Ray Pride wrote, What if it had been good? What if it had even been a movie? The bigs have weighed in. Rolling Stone, USA Today, The New York Daily News, Time, Newsweek, Variety, mostly conceding that Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is a platinum-hearted, product pandering child exploitation of a low and monotonous order. One could criticize Star Wars Episode One for the obvious that's there for all eyes to see, that it's a feature-length animated cartoon with humans dropped in, it's poorly acted, lurchingly paced, with a dialogue on only a level or notch or two above the Teletubbies. But that misses the point. The movie doesn't matter. God, it's brutal. So we got a positive and a negative. Let's give it our own opinion. Guest. Texas. What does Texas think about this movie? Okay, so before I rewatched this, because it had been a long time before I rewatched this movie, 
Um, I remembered really enjoying it when I first watched it. I was about eight years old, saw it in theaters with my dad, and me and him still see Star Wars movies together when they come out um, every December now. Mm-hmm. And good tradition. It, I enjoy it. Um, but as I rewatched it, it just doesn't. It just wasn't as good as any of the other Star Wars that have like the original series or the new ones, especially kind of in the story area. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the story is so stupid. Yes. Like a new hope is about a farm boy becoming like a war hero. Like that's awesome, right? That's a great tale. But this one is about like a trade dispute and then like the secession of a government leader and like a war with the indigenous tribe on a small planet that probably the Trade Federation could have just blown up. Look, here's the f- just doesn't- here's the fact of this movie, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I didn't. I thought you were done, and I apologize. No, that's fine. Go right ahead. No, what did you have to say? No, I was done. Okay, so I I approached this. I, I wanted to defend this movie. I wanted to like this movie, and I wanted to sit down and say, man, we really give this a harsh treatment, the same way we give like Nicolas Cage a harsh treatment or Nickelback. And the fact of the matter is, is it's really easy to make fun of this movie in like an echo chamber of just you know you haven't seen it in 10 years and you're just like yeah man that movie sucked but let me tell you as somebody who finished watching this movie maybe an hour ago hour ago that movie sucked dude it does suck that's the like all the things that make star wars great it had none of them well and even the things that like i think the only thing that the prequels do a decent job of is that they are not an origin story for darth vader they want you to think that it is. But the bulk of his, like, Jedi training and everything is done between episodes one and two, and then between episodes two and three. Right? The, the movies are just like, oh, this is a significant event that happened at some point. Yeah, in they take life, place right? over a course of a day or two. I mean, that's all Star Wars movies, though. Right, right. And and that's fine. But, like, like no, because in Empire, we get to see him go and train with Yoda and, like, uh, learn yeah, how to be a Jedi. True. But, um, like, the newest one took place in, like, six the hours. Last Jedi. Well, it took place in like six hours for the for everyone except Ray. Yeah, Ray was there for a while. Uh, right, yeah. I think. Well, and also, but, oh, okay. sorry. I, they nope. seem to like write themselves into plot holes starting with this movie because things happened in the prequels that don't make sense when you watch episode four. Uh, like R2D2, for example. <laughs> right. Like, how would I understand R2 and 3PO having their memories wiped before episode four? Like, that. I can buy that because they're, you know, robots. Right. But Obi-Wan Kenobi looking at them and being like, no, I don't particularly remember ever having a droid. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Because, like, (laughs) if it had been like they met once and, yeah, obviously they wouldn't remember. But R2-D2 and C-3PO are very involved in this story. I, you're absolutely, well, 3PO not as much, he just kind of like, oh my gosh, speaking of 3PO, the scene, by the way, there's spoilers in this show, if you haven't seen The Phantom Menace, then. It's been almost 20 years. Yeah, Sorry. Not, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Um, but like, the, there's a shot towards the end where Anakin's been freed, where they do like a, a view from C-3PO's perspective, and it doesn't like. There's no reason for it whatsoever. It's just like looking around and Anakin just grabbing things and leaving, and it like. It's stupid stuff like that, that it's not just the bad dialogue and the bad delivery. It's also, like, the bad cinematography, the bad effects, the, like, CGI Yoda, the the CGI Kiati Mundi. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why did they film it in this way? Well, because that's what what the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s looked like. I know. They didn't... When did... 
When did Lord of the Rings do its run? Two years later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 2001. That looked, that had motion capture with Gollum. Yeah. That was awesome. That also, like, won every single Oscar ever for being a groundbreaking piece of cinematography. And it took well, them years yeah. to, like, many, many years to and, do all and that. millions and millions of dollars. Like, I just, it's, but, like, Star Wars is supposed to be the groundbreaking cinematography, right? No, in no way. That's the thing is, like, they, they. In 1977, lightsabers were a big deal. Right, but like the move, the the, or the original trilogy isn't particularly well shot, particularly well acted, particularly well written. It's good enough on all fronts that people loved it because it was it was a groundbreaking story. Hold on, the original trilogy might not be acted extremely well, but if you compare like Han Solo running through the hall and running away from the stormtroopers in Episode Four to Padme revealing herself and then saying, "I'm asking you, no, I'm begging you, please help us." Like no, it makes it makes the original trilogy look amazing. Like I said, it, it, it's acted well enough, right. and I honestly think that the prequels were in some way the best thing that ever happened to the original trilogy. I think probably the like mid '90s re-release was the best thing that ever happened to the original trilogy, and uh, uh, that too, yeah, because that brought a whole new generation in on it. Yeah, I would agree with that because um, I mean, I grew up with Star Wars. I never remember a time not knowing Star Wars and then seeing kind of that fandom happen. That was the first time in my life because that was before Harry Potter blew up and um, was really big for the for Star Wars in general. And I, I would tend to agree that if the prequels hadn't happened, I don't know that we would have episode seven, eight, yes, yeah, seven, eight, nine, or Rogue One or the solo movie coming out. Oh, I absolutely, oh. I absolutely think we would not have. Yeah, no, for sure. It would have. Because. Like, there was two decisions they could have made. They could have said, this is a great series. I'm glad everybody remembers it. We'll re-release it every 15 years or so, and that'll be, that'll be that. And instead, they were like, no, we need to finish the story, because we said those were four, five, six, and so now we got to make one, two, and three. And I think what bugs me the most is that it's supposed to be, like, a crux around Anakin, but it's not, like, an Anakin origin story. It's a Palpatine origin story, and the three movies are about Obi-Wan and Padme more than anything else, and their growth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the the prequels for me kind of ruined everything that was great about A New Hope. A New Hope was awesome because, and for the simple reason of, we get thrown in halfway into the story. Like, Correct. Like, a new, the, the background of Darth Vader doesn't matter. We know what we need to know about him, and we move on. You know, the background of Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't matter. We know what we need to know about him, and we move on. All the characters. This movie does the same thing in that they give you no backstory, but they manage to make you not care about the characters. It's because none of the characters, like, have anything worth caring about. Like, let's not not forget that in this movie even though it's her body double or whatever Padme is the one that like makes Chancellor Palpatine a thing like falls for that trick which I guess is mirrored later on and this might be one of the best pieces of like you know storytelling across the whole thing is that like you know they're sitting in the senate chambers and Palpatine is talking to Padme and then later on she's talking he's talking to Anakin and like says something that causes them to do something totally evil uh that might be the best piece of storytelling in the whole thing but the, both of those are stupid and I'll be honest with you I didn't even remember the senate scene in this i didn't i i was surprised watching this that palpatine was not already supreme Chancellor. oh same i i think like oh, yeah, yeah, i only remembered like the like the pod racing and you know qui-gon dying and darth maul oh, and i was a like very valid point I that's will remember, all i remember i will remember what sebulba's pod sounds like until the day i shuffle off my whoa, mortal whoa, 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 whoa. coil <laughs> <laughs>
it, that noise is like ingrained in my head. And I, I see, I hear things that kind of sound like that in my daily life. And I'm like, now this is pod racing. <laughs> right now, this is pod racing. Even though in that scene, he's uh, not pod racing. He's blowing up a ship, which, oh my gosh, their version of the Death Star in this movie was stupid. It was like a trade federation. It's like a donut. Yeah. And it can't blow up planets. Right. It can't even like blow up cities. No, it just controls it some droids. <laughs> yeah. It's like a hive mind for droids, which is an awful way to make your system. But I guess whatever. That's how the technology was back then. A long, is long there... time ago. Let's, I mean, let's run down the plot. Let's go through it, you know, Hang sort on. of scene I do want to give one credence to the movie here real quick. And I, and that is, I can tell you 100% that if this movie had never come out in 1999, I would not care about Star Wars. Really? This was the first Star Wars movie I saw. And for a lot of people my age and younger, this was the first Star Wars movie they saw. Really? So I would, that... I was barely six when this came out i get i mean that just i guess that like hurts my brain yeah that blows my mind because i know i had seen the others before this movie came out i don't remember watching them but i do know that i had to have it explained to me what a prequel was because i didn't understand that this was a prequel when i watched it yeah i i know that like my dad like my, i had two older brothers right so i was I was always a little bit ahead on the trends, at least for things that I could be into under 10 years old, because there was a 15 year old and a 13 year old in my house also who could just be interested in whatever. Right. Um, so I remember my dad, he would always either buy us like a Hot Wheel when he got off of work or he would buy us a new Star Wars action figure. And we would get those before 1999, like from the original trilogy. So I, and I knew what Ewoks were, so I must have seen all three of them. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I guess it just wasn't like a priority for my parents to show me. Cause like I said, I was six years old. It wasn't, I wouldn't have gotten them like much earlier than this. Anyway, I don't even know if I really got this one, but I remember. You didn't. Yeah. You remember this one because of the fight with Darth Maul. And, and, and right. the pod racing and the things that kids think are cool. And none of the right. like complicated intergalactic geopolitics. Adults don't think that's cool either, no, Ethan. No, but like I don't I didn't get it. I didn't understand what like trade disputes were. I didn't know what the I, trade I'm federation was. I'm still not were. sure I understand. I knew there was a droid that went Roger Roger. <laughs> Open fire. Yeah. But, like, I remember going home, and I knew what an episode was, so I understood episode one meant there were gonna be more of them, and being like, Mom, I can't wait for more Star Wars movies to come out, and Mom being like, Boy, how do I have something incredible for you? And it was like freaking Christmas because there were just <laughs> more movies that I could watch. And you were like, well, these don't look the same. And the actors are No, I could immediately, even, I can tell you, at six years old, I could immediately tell they were they were the ones you're supposed to like. I didn't I didn't know why, but I, I could tell you that. I, I'm, I'm excited for us to get to the original trilogy because I don't know, like, I, I said in our, our brunch two weeks ago now that uh, Star Wars. A New Hope was your A favorite movie is, of all time. Is my all time favorite movie. And it really is. Like Star Wars is definitely my favorite like franchise, even though I probably would only say that I even like four of the movies of the nine. It's still just like, I love the characters. I love the storylines. I love the swipes across the screen. I even, I even love this movie. Like as much as it's awful, I even, I still love Bro, it. I love, my. it's under, like it underused a lot is all of its interesting characters and that Obi-Wan is on a ship for half the movie while Qui-Gon Jinn is out doing his thing and it has a lot of Jar Jar and Padme is a real problem in this movie and also has just zero acting chops. Uh, Which is weird because I've seen a Natalie Portman movie where she's younger than this and she was an incredible actor in that movie. I mean, the worst part about this movie... Liam Neeson is in this movie. Ewan McGregor's in this movie, and it's carried by like an eight-year-old boy who also is a terrible actor. But he's the best one in it. I don't know about that. That's a stretch. I would say probably Liam Neeson. I Liam Neeson does do good. Would 100% agree that it's Liam Neeson. Here's the okay. So here's part of the issue. Then 
I can agree that Liam Neeson carries the movie, is that, like, this movie is now utterly forgettable and you don't even have to watch it. Like, if you want to introduce somebody to Star Wars and you don't show them this movie, they're not missing anything. Yeah. Because yeah. the main, like, the character it follows is Obi- or Qui-Gon Jinn. Who dies. Who dies. And Darth at the Maul. End. Who dies. And Darth dies. Maul. Who kind dies. of dies. And they show well, you how... Yeah, maybe not the Rebels or yeah. Clone Wars, whatever yeah. show he comes back they in. They show but... you how Palpatine became... Chancellor, but like it doesn't matter how he became Chancellor, it just matters that he is Chancellor. And if you introduced him to begin with as Chancellor Palpatine, no one would know the damn difference. Well, and there's also no following negative repercussions for Padme for being the one that does that, for calling for the like move to vote to have a so, you know, vote of incontinence or whatever. I, I have a question. Okay. Are we not supposed to know that Emperor Palpatine is Darth Sidious? You have to know. Uh, but like, was they trying to not tell you? I feel like with this movie and others they of the prequels, they almost try to hide it, but badly. I think, yeah. So I think if you've seen the sequels, he's referred to as like Chancellor at some point, right? No. 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 It was Emperor. I think because I remember he's when this Emperor came out. Palpatine. Okay. Okay. So you, the name is there. Uh, right, but it's still but even I, then, it's still not clear that he is Darth Sidious. I don't think. I think it is. is. It? I think there's the, the connection there, but I think they're trying to like build up like if you were to take somebody in twenty eighteen, like they were thinking in nineteen ninety nine, like somebody in twenty eighteen who watches Star Wars episodes one through six will have all of these great reveals along the way. But all the prequels do is ruin the reveals. That's what I'm saying. It's like they don't though. You have to watch them four, five, six, one, two, three to get the like desired effect you have to watch four and five first <laughs> what and you have to watch six last why it's six last that's the machete order so the machete order yeah. is you watch four or five go back and watch one two, two, and, three. two and three and then watch six because and that even works with the new franchise because so what is the reveal you... that you're missing the that darth vader is luke's father is that in six yeah that's in five, five. right and then so you why go wait back for six? because you would go back and then watch um anakin's progression to darth vader and it's a parallel to luke's uh progression to a jedi and then you right. open up on six with him like in the dark black and kind of doing right a, oh, and okay. the reveal in six is that he chooses to be a jedi right right, right. yeah okay <clears throat> I, okay i can i can and I then, can drive at that. And then it also gives six, seven, eight a sort of new Luke trilogy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where would you like Luke the Master, Luke the Teacher? Where would you put Rogue One in that one? Though. That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, probably in the trash. Yeah, Rogue One. The thing is, oh, breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- Rogue One exists in a vacuum that doesn't matter is the th- is the problem because yeah, like the, it is n- think... it has no bearing on the story like it's a cool story in that like it shows you how you got the plans for the Death Star but like that doesn't matter true there's, and this yeah, is I mean, what I was talking about earlier like a... is like A New Hope clearly it could have stood as a movie by itself forever for the test of time if you had just been like this is the Star Wars like that is the singular right. movie that could have existed on its own by itself without any other movie surrounding it so, like well it was you, supposed you, to originally right and you don't yeah. need four movies explaining how they got there, and you don't need four movies explaining what happened afterward. It's cool that we have them, but like, so that's what the, the Rogue One leads directly into A New Hope. So it's like, yeah, it's cool we have that story, but it is just that a Star Wars story. Yeah, I'm. Um, well, and the thing is, is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just. I'm guessing because we only have that one, I'm curious to see how Solo ends up being. I'll be honest, I think the Star Wars stories, I think it's a bad move to make them so connected to the characters pre-established. Right. Like, the fact that Leia is at the end of Rogue One, spoilers, by the way, um, is just like, like, now that you've connected it, there's no way, like, it feels like you need to watch it in some sort of order with the others if you're going to marathon the series. But if you watch it before A New Hope, 
then you have to watch that before A New Hope and you get like introduced to all these characters that you don't care about and at the end there's this reveal that Leia's there whom you don't care about because you don't know who that is, right? Like if you're watching it for the first time and then you also don't like, know who Darth no... Vader is. I mean, you right. do, but like you don't you don't the you don't have any bearing for like what he's like. You get a pretty good idea in New Hope. He's on that like lava planet. No, you planet. get a great idea in New Hope, but you don't get a great idea in Rogue One. Oh, I meant in Rogue One. He's on that lava planet and he chokes the guy and he says like don't choke on your ambitions. <laughs> right, but to that point like that. all you have of Darth Vader is no I'm raising my hands. You can't see it, but I'm raising my <laughs> hands. No, that's it. That's all we have of Darth Vader. And then Darth I Vader is this incredibly like... evil character. And he, and and I agree with with a hundred. I 100 agree with the people that said that Darth that that scene on the on the lava planet with Darth Vader should have never happened in Rogue One. And I will make this point, And this is the hill I choose to fight and die on. That the first scene you should have seen Darth Vader in Rogue One is when the lights cut on. And he's there with the lightsaber on the ship at the end and just shoom, done. That's it. That would have been so cool. And that's part of why I hate the movie. Different story for a different day. <laughs> Sorry. But but that's the thing. So, is like the, the Darth Vader story is the most inconsistent for what you know about Darth Vader because you know nothing about Darth Vader except that he was previously Anakin Skywalker who is a total f***ing <laughs> Anakin is so evil. Although in this movie, he is... Let's get back to episode one. He's so incredibly good. Right, he's just yeah. the sweetest kid. You want to love him. You want him to just... You want to just give him a hug and be like, I'm sorry, you're a slave. And Yoda does give a pretty good prophetic description of what's going to happen to him. It's that, like, you are an incredibly nice kid, but you are afraid. And ang fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. Right, and that's, like, the, the three movies that we right. see. But, um... And but he just doesn't seem like... For one, I don't believe that he loves Shmi as much as he does. Uh, like from I this, just, from watching the first movie or just in general? Right. Well, j just, no, obviously in the second movie, he loves his mom. Holy crap. No, because the because uh, the dialogue isn't there to support the, the fact that she just kind of lets him go in not like a negative way, but in a like, this is what I'm doing for you. Like, I'm, I'm sacrificing myself so you can have a better life kind of way. And right. that is not cat because it just really, in this movie, it really looks like he's just like, mom, can I go? Please say no. And she's like, yeah, you can go. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But real real quick, before we, I know we keep saying before we dive into the plot, but I found it incredibly difficult to watch this movie without the glasses of someone who's seen the other movies. Like, we just did the whole Marvel series, and I tried to put myself in the position of, like, I've never seen any of the other ones, and I, I, I got on you a couple times for saying this, of, like, but, but the things that happen in the future, and it's like, I found this incredibly tough to not think about the things that happen in the future, and, like, when Qui-Gon first met Anakin, I'm just sitting there going, just, just chop his head off right here you know what i'm saying that would have been smart that's yeah. what i'm saying is like like you can obviously sense it you're a strong force user you would have been on the jedi council if you had just listened to the code like just that's what they, just i kill him i'll say there's a there's a cool arc in this one with like i don't think i ever caught it before because again i i just didn't pay attention to the dialogue it's just not engaging it's not memorable uh but like everything qui-gon does is really pretty interesting like he disobeys the jedi order he's not on the council because he never follows the rules and he's been training obi-wan and there's this interesting contrast between the two of them moving forward that like obi-wan is like whatever the council says is what we do and we obey the council and we don't break the rules and disobeying the council's orders is dangerous i i think that that's an interesting thing like it shows sort of the balance of the characters and and that like qui-gon to me is not a perfect jedi like he would have been a much better master to anakin than obi-wan was because he would have been able to understand the like breaking the rules right. and being upset about the tuscan raiders to, and to like teach anakin to be a real person 
instead of just like right. a super RoboCop like he is. Yeah, like an evil RoboCop. Yeah. Like super evil dude. Yeah. He's a super evil dude. Well, yeah. not in this movie. No, he was such a good kid, man. I wanted to like him. What about Jar Jar? Oh. Uh. When I was a child, I liked Jar Jar. And watching this movie just now, I'm like reaching back through my past and slapping six-year-old me in the face and being like, I, like, I don't... Ethan, you're better than this. You deserve better than this. Demand better than this. Demand Ewoks. No. <laughs> God, he's just... He's the most he's not like, annoying character in Ethan, cinematic history. I don't know about that. Uh, Ethan, do you remember watching all three prequels in college with me? Yeah, so I think, honestly, honestly, that's where my love of Star Wars kind of started. Watching them in college with me? Because I'll be real with you, like, Star Wars was cool, um, but it was like, it was kind of like, it was over for me. I was like, all right, Star Wars is cool. Like, I'll watch the one when they come on TV. Uh, but like, I didn't, I didn't care all that much. I knew the story. I didn't really know a whole lot of the lore. But like, I just didn't. I never watched the, um, I never watched the the TV shows. I read some of the books, but like, there were way too many to. To, to get into well right and this was at a time when the eu was still intact so it was tough to be like a fan right. because there were so many fans that were such jerks about right. it. right and it wasn't cool yet it wasn't like okay yet to be like a star wars fan necessarily they hadn't brought it back around and i remember you came home one day with like the dvd of all or the, the blu-rays of all six of them and you're just like we're gonna watch my star wars and I'm like, all right, it's never something I'm gonna turn off, but it's not like my number one thing. But like, well, no, 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 no. We, we didn't buy, we didn't buy the pre, the all six DVD. We bought the C, the original trilogy did on you? Blu-ray originally, and we watched. This is why we have such fond memories of this, Ethan, is because there are fan edits of episodes one, two, and three. Oh yeah, you're right. Only, right, they're about an hour and forty-five right, minutes. Right, and they just and they have Jar Jar Binks cut out of them. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds... Oh, and I they're forgot on, like, that until right now. Well... Yeah, so... Go ahead. Oh, please. I was going to say, going off of that, I just went to Disneyland this past weekend, and nice. they have, you know, Star, Star Wars, and they have this new, um, like, movie experience where they intercut the prequels with the original series, and it's amazing. I was like, they should have... It, like, draws all the parallels, and it's what I think they wanted to do with the prequels and failed at. And so if you ever go... Tell me more about this. Um, it's like, it's right next to Space Mountain. It's called like Star okay. Wars. I don't remember what it's called. I'd have to look at it. But it's a, it's like a 16 minute movie. Now the kind of shitty thing about it is the last like five minutes is just the trailer for The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> because this was done before The Last Jedi came out. But they kind of are talking to the people who made the movies and they're intercutting like Luke and Anakin throughout the, the prequels and the original series with like the directors and like the cinematographers talking about it and it's probably one of the best things I've ever seen in relation to the prequels and the original series kind of being connected that's so definitely cool. if you ever get out to Disneyland California I don't know if they have it at um, Disney World but I would take the time to go watch it plus it's inside I mean getting so to Disneyland California is on my list for sure so far away. yeah you're not wrong I need to go to Harry Potter World first oh we went there too I've never been there even to the one in Florida I went to the one in Florida when it was just one park back in 2012 yeah and that's the only time I've been and I had to go by myself because I was there for work and no one wanted to go with me so <laughs> we live a lot closer to Florida than California well yeah I mean, Texas is equally close to everything no right? no, no it's kind of like being on the moon no. Like, it's all you gotta do is just, it's Earth. Let, right? It's close enough. Let me tell you about my drive from Texas to Arizona, which, by the way, is two states away. 
Where right? in Texas are you? Dallas area. Okay. So well, like north you're in central, Arizona, right? Yeah, north central. Okay. On the 35. Yeah. So I start driving. This drive was 14 and a half hours long. 11 of those hours was in Texas. Good gosh. And I wasn't even like I was near the middle of the state. So driving anywhere from Texas is a Yeah, I don't rem- I don't know if you remember or you were paying attention Tyler, but when we drove to New Orleans, like right before we pulled in New Orleans, there was a sign that was like Houston, like so many miles and then like like San Antonio or not I mean not San Antonio, like El Paso, like 1000 miles. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god." El Paso okay. is El Paso is actually closer to Los Angeles, California than it is to like Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Texas is nuts. Yeah. Uh, is everything really bigger there? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the funniest caption the other day. One of my friends went to Texas and uh, they were in Dallas, I guess. I don't know why that matters. Uh, and they posted a picture and they, they usually have like curly hair and they were like, I didn't think it was possible, but even my hair is bigger than Texas. And <laughs> Bigger than Texas, and it was all like frizzed out and everything because it was humid. Oh yeah, it was so funny. I laughed big time. So it's like like eight fifteen for you right now, right? Yeah, I had to check. Cool. I know where time zones are. Perfect. I didn't. She's in, you're in Arizona though now, I right? Am. But there's no daylight savings time. Yeah, there's no daylight savings time. So I guess in March when it changes, I'll be on like California time instead of Mountain time. Oh I really right, yeah. I forgot there's yeah. no daylight savings time in Arizona. That's wild. Yeah. So Arizona is its own time zone. I guess it's Arizona time zone. I don't understand. It's sometimes sometimes mountain and sometimes Pacific, ago. right? Yeah. Right yeah. now it's mountain, which I didn't know because like when you guys were asking me what time I was in California and I thought it was the same time. And so, I, yeah, I'm bad at math. We, we didn't I like only mess you up, because... did we? No. Okay. It's totally fine. I was just like, oh, I get off of like get done with class at like, you know, 1630, 1700 because we run on military time. And then I had to remember what time that was for normal people. And then I added three hours instead of adding two hours. So it didn't. I had time to eat, so it was fine. Like, I was just, I was confused. (laughs) You know what's crazy is the only reason I told you to tell me what time you were available Eastern time was, by the way, you were emailing me the whole time. Okay. Um, The only reason I told you to tell me an Eastern time is because I was not going to be able to figure out your time zone. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it easy for me. When are you available Eastern Standard Time? That's fair. I mean, I couldn't even figure out what time zone I was in, so. Yeah, the only reason I knew anything about that Arizona has its own time zone thing is because I have a friend that goes to Arizona, so. Uh, and and he was like, yeah, uh, we're not in a normal time zone. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what that means. And I did some research and it's, it's I don't know. I'm stupid anyway, but. Yes. <laughs> I, have, I have strong feelings about that. I mean, you just gotta, here's what you gotta do, is you just gotta assume that time zones aren't a thing at all because time is a human construct and we're all just floating in space heading towards oblivion anyway. So. For sure. What is it even, what is even life, Ethan? Life is Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars. Do you know that Darth Maul has like three lines? Did you know Darth Maul was played by a stunt double? Yeah, I did. Oh. Because the guy who was originally going to play Darth Maul was upset that there was only like three lines, and so he quit. Yeah, and I they watched. Got a, the, they I got a stunt double who ended up being like a great mm-hmm. choreographist. I mean, if we're being honest, those fight scenes are sweet. Yeah, no, by far the best part of the prequel trilogy is the fight scenes. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, They're... the double lightsaber though was just a concept when I was a child that I'd never thought of, and I was amazed by it. Well, it's because like a double bladed sword wouldn't make any freaking sense. No, right? Like, why would you ever like if you were a knight? It wouldn't make any sense at all. You got a kid now. There's blades everywhere. Where are you gonna put this thing? Right. <laughs> like. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the 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 villains in the prequels definitely make better use of their lightsaber weapons than most of the other villains. Like, uh, Darth Maul has the double blades. General Grievous uses four blades for four arms. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Hello there. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the prequel meme genre, as, as anybody who follows our Twitter knows. I have no... Let me tell you the best thing about the episode one, though, is the weird Al Yankovic song. A long, oh, uh, long time ago, time ago, in a galaxy far away, Naboo was under an attack. Yep, that one. <laughs> I think that song better tells the story of this movie. one hundred percent does. <laughs> yes, it's on because my that, playlist. That movie has, or not that movie. That song actually has some like driven narrative to it. Yeah, because There's they like took a, like, uh, America Pie by Don McLean, which is a song that is just a story, and just like laid Star Wars over top of it. And turns out stories work great as stories when you tell them like stories and not like histories of galactic trade disputes. Yeah. Just, you know what frustrates me probably more than anything is that this movie has so much. Oh gosh. Is that this movie has so much CGI in it and like it's okay CGI. Like it's not great, but the time period wasn't there and uh, whatever. False. 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 A million times false. Cough, cough. Jurassic Park. <laughs> you. Jurassic Park made use of like physical props and then put the cgi right. on top of it though but that's what i'm saying is like the effects were yeah, there like motion jurassic character. park has stood the test of time you cannot go tell me like do you go back and watch jurassic park one you're like this looks really dated no you don't say that but what got me more than anything is viceroy and his little goon and their voice not matching up with their mouths mm. why are they just Dro such a racist chinese stereotype it drove me like Crazy. they don't. Oh, and then they've got the. They don't want to participate with the wet, the outside world. They want to hold all the trade routes for themselves. And like that's what China was like at this point in history. And they were just like, we're gonna give them bad Chinese accents. Oh yeah, not a good idea. We uh, don't uh, have a trade route to uh, participate with the pool. And I, I don't, I, I also couldn't understand what the Gungans were saying half the time. Oh, they all sounded like they were Shaggy, like the rapper. Right? They were like, yeah, it's like a whole planet of Shaggies. Yeah. <laughs> well, not a whole planet. Well, half a planet. They at least had some emotion to what they were saying because the Naboo had oh, no the emotion dude, whatsoever. The dude that played the Gungan like king, he was the only good actor in the whole movie. Also, except Liam Neeson. Unlike Naboo, in what like who thinks it's a good idea to have a child as the ruler of a planet? She was elected too. That's, I don't. That's I don't get it. How old is she supposed to be? Like fourteen. Yeah, that's yeah. too young to hold power. She's Spider Man. That's wild. But younger. That's wild. She's also she doesn't have any spider powers. This movie, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> hold off on this anymore this movie because i've been reading i'm reading my notes going through like what are we going to talk about when we get to the plot this movie in a, is an assault on the senses like this movie the pacing is ridiculous to start with they go through an entire movie's worth of stuff in the first 30 minutes correct yeah. and then they are on tatooine going through the pod racing and the, the whole logistics of that for what feels like about 17 years well, and, and the then there's a whole the other act to the movie i'm like this movie would not end no matter what it's over two hours long which is like like i think about how you felt watching black panther compared to how you felt watching this like in a black panther i was like wow i could i could go for more of that that was awesome no uh, and, and this, 45 minutes into I this to, movie, I'm like, is it over yet? I had to watch it in three sections. I watched one act at a time. There's three acts. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do the everything leading up to Tatooine, Tatooine, everything after Tatooine. And uh, that's the only right, way you can like do it. It's like Thor Ragnarok, if Thor Ragnarok was bad. Thor Ragnarok was amazing. I still haven't seen it, so. Oh, so what? good. This is, Sweetie Pumpkin. This is me. He's got knives for hands. Um, <laughs> oh. But no, like literally, there's not like a second of this movie where you're not being assaulted 
with some kind of like visual thing or like a like a bad screen wipe and there's not like a like two minutes where there's not score going on in the background well and to be fair the score right. is really good for some parts yeah, of I mean, it there's some parts where i'm just like you could have tried harder <laughs> and it's mixed really bad as far as long as we're talking I... about sound design in this movie it's mixed really bad the dialogue is way too loud this is really nitpicky i'll, I'll say that it's mixed poorly however the like if you just listen to the soundtrack the soundtrack is amazing and john williams is probably one of the best score composers of at least the 20 20th 21st century that's all movies yeah that's what i just said that's like what score yeah no but i mean like, there weren't there weren't movies in the 19th century <laughs> no you're no you're 100 you're correct and if you want if you want like a big strong epic movie there's like three names i can recommend and one of them is john williams oh yeah i'm curious i'm hans zimmer uh sylvestri Yep. Sylvester. Yeah. Now, I like Michael Giacchino. He did The Incredibles. He did, and he he was also very good. And Lost. I, I don't know if I would call the score for The, the Incredibles epic. It's like a, it's, it fits the movie great, but it's a different kind of strong, if you know what I mean. It's very jazzy, very, like, progressive. The Incredibles is the best version of Captain America the Winter Soldier. <laughs> anyway, no, John Williams did a great job, and I have no issue with the major pieces in the score. Duel of Fates, one of the strongest... Like, fight music pieces written of all time. Obviously, the Star Wars theme is just always going to be incredible. But there's a lot of the little incidental bits that I noticed that I'm just like, this is yeah. this doesn't fit the movie. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. the music. It's like you put a weird put this in a weird place. Yeah, no, I did notice that. But I listened to the soundtrack on its own before because I was driving back from California and had run out of things to listen to. And I was like, oh, I have to watch this movie. Let me listen to the soundtrack. And if you just listen to the soundtrack, it's a really good soundtrack. But then you go oh, from sure. that and then to watching it, you're like, oh, well. I mean, it's got the it's got the duel of the fates, which I think is one of the most iconic Star Wars songs and probably the best thing to come out of this movie. Uh, like, or maybe Ewan McGregor. But it's just, it's, Duel of the Fates, if if you guys noticed, is really quiet while that battle is going on. The the chorus, the choral comes in pretty loud. I don't know, I thought the mix was really bad in this movie, just in general. Like, the, the, the the dialogue sounds like you put a bunch of layers in like a sound editor and just did everything except the dialogue and mixed it and then just threw the dialogue on top of it and like clicked it all the way up. But then again, I'm getting really, I'm getting really nitpicky here with like the sound design of a movie made 20 years ago. But like, I think the dialogue was just a bit too loud. This is the most nitpicky comment I've ever made about a movie on this show. You know, Ethan, I texted you earlier and said it's our duty to not be overgeneralizing, but also not be too nitpicky and give an honest, fair review to every you know, movie. You know, I'm talk being about. nitpicky. I'm sorry. There's, but there's, you don't, but you don't need to be with this movie. You don't need to be over generally and like overgeneralized either. You could say the delivery of the lines were bad. Period. So I'm gonna tell you something on the level. I write all my notes for these movies. This is just a behind the scenes, a BTS on bacon and eggs. I write all of my notes on my phone, uh, in like the Google Docs on the phone. And normally my iPhone has got my back on spelling names and stuff. <laughs> this movie, uh, it did not. It did not. Qui-Gon Jinn is a rough did one not. for my phone. I wrote, I didn't, I didn't ever write out Qui-Gon Jinn. I just wrote Qui-Gon, which got translated a lot to Quinjet. Uh, <laughs> 
because he <laughs> knows me from uh, from the Avengers and stuff. But Gungan became Gingham every time. Uh, Darth Sidious never got spelled right once. Uh, Palpatine became palpating every single time. And it was like Jar Jab, Jar Jam. It doesn't like it for me to say two words in a row the same the same way, so it tries to translate one. All, all that kind of stuff. It's just bad. It's bad news. Okay, here's the... Can I talk about the story? Yeah, let's movie? talk about it. I don't know about the plot, but the... Okay, so a lot of things happen. They land on Naboo so that they can... Correct me if I'm wrong. They land on Naboo because they're following the droid army to Naboo mm-hmm. to get to the capital city. Well, they didn't city. follow the droid army. They stowed away on the droid army. Right. To get to the capital city, like the, their, the conversation they had on the ship was we need to board one of the planes so that we can go down to the planet, meet up, and then go to the capital city, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Okay. Then why on earth did they go to the Gungan city at all? They're like, they kept giving the reasoning that was like, oh, we're going to die if we stay out here. We're going to, it's not good if we stay out here. So they go to the Gungan city. Were they like on the wrong side? Yeah, of the they were planet? on the wrong yeah. side of the planet. That, they, they straight up okay. say that, that you have to go through the planet core to get there. The planet that That core. definitely indicates they were on the complete wrong side of the planet. Yeah, but it looks like they swam a good distance to get to that Gungan city. And Naboo can't be that big if the army that size fighting an, uh, a Gungan army of that size was in any way like a threat. Because well, those were both, they looked big, but like for an entire planet, those are pretty small armies. Yeah, but it seems like they got across it in a matter of a couple hours. Like, so, I mean, I, I sympathize with going through the planet core if you can get across the whole planet in what looks like a couple hours. Also, why would the gun get, why would the, Trade Federation give a crap about the Gungans? They don't. No. Yes, they do. They go to f- war with them. Yeah, because no. Oh, no, the Gungans go to war with the they Trade war Federation. With that. Yeah, because they join. But the Gungans are in their sacred place because they have been, like, because the Trade Federation goes underwater to find them. Like, the Trade Federation droids are having a conversation with Viceroy and are like, there's some indigenous folks under the ocean. We will go out there to find them. Or something like that. Like, that does the happen. Trade you Federation, know what? Trade Federation goons, which, by the way, we finally get introduced to our worst ever villain uh, ever on our list of worst ever villains. Uh, the Trade Federation Viceroy is our is our least, and he's just. I'm sure he's sitting there in in Mr. Roger Rogers' ear, being like, "We need to uh, delete uh, all the cities, all the civilizations on the planet." Can you imagine if they did Mandarin like that? Uh, no. People would have had a field day. They would have freaked out because it is it People is incredibly to... racist. Yes. Yeah. If they were like oh, another cheap American knockoff. Uh, that's, that? that's all this is. It's another cheap American Star Wars knockoff. It is another cheap. American <laughs> but you know that you know that whole and I, I kept tabs on this just because it was pissing me off so much. You know that whole intro sequence where they they go into the into the Trade Federation thing. They sit in the room. They have the conversation. There's the whole fight with the droidicas that ensues. They get on the transports, fly down to the planet, and then meet up with Jar Jar and the Gungans. That takes place in twelve minutes. It's quick. Twelve. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. The pacing of this movie is ridiculous. I don't know if it bothered How anybody else as much that? as it bothered me, but it bothered me a lot. I, I felt like like I felt like I just put I it like, like I, I just gotten a good workout in after I watched the first thirty minutes of this movie. Also, you, you that first scene where the Viceroy's like, "Oh, there are Jedi here. We can we must fight them, Master Splinter." Like, <laughs> like that 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 whole thing. Like, if you don't know Star Wars, you have no indication that the Jedi are the good guys and the Viceroy's the bad guy. Like, you may as well be like, "Oh my gosh, two terrorists just showed up on this ship of these perfectly peaceful trade." Tradesmen. Right. You, you, do you know what I mean? Right, they're just merchants. Yeah. And they're like, like we need well, drastic measures to make sure that this is not a continued problem. Yeah, well, like, if you look at Star Wars as a whole objectively, the quote-unquote good guys are essentially just terrorists the whole time, so... Absolutely true. What do you... Absolutely true, the whole time. Wait a minute, what? The they rebels are, are terrorists. Oh, you mean the rebels? Yeah, the rebels and... The rebel. yeah, the rebels are like a terrorist alive. Yeah, yeah. so is the resistance. 
Yep, because yeah, they're but the democracy isn't right. But they're usurping. They're planning from behind with between Queen Amidala and and the Jedi and Chancellor Palpatine. They're planning from behind some like seedy measure to overthrow the government and turn it into a. And she doesn't know she's part of it, and they don't know they're part of it. But Palpatine does a plan to overthrow the government, and turn it into an empire. Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! By the way, if you guys are looking for a film, if you guys want a great introduction to the actor that plays Han Solo, is he in Hail Caesar? He's the cowboy. All no. the Yeah, he's the cowboy. In the in the movie, he doesn't belong yeah. in. Oh my god. Yeah, and they had to, they, they spent like four months extra that they expected to shoot on Solo because he was so bad at acting. It's like it, Hail Caesar was a, I don't, a, like a like a biography. I don't know that it was because he was so bad at acting. That's the, I think it was that's the reports he was I've heard. Bad at acting, like Harrison Ford. Either way, like that is the plot of Hail Caesar, though. Is that like this kid can't act? Yeah. Well, that's one one of the one plots of the many of plots. Caesar. Anyway, that movie's there is no like plot or resolution in that movie. It's just a series of scenes. Anyway, uh, Solo is. My prediction for Solo is it's going to be a dumpster fire. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I think I think everybody has that feeling, right? So we're all going into it with the lowest possible expectations. And if it's awesome, awesome. Great. I'm, I mean, I'm expecting it to be at least a little better than the movie we just watched. Here's my question, okay? So the prequels come out. And they can be about anything. If you're George Lucas, you've developed these three great characters, four great characters in Chewbacca, Han Solo, Leia, and Luke, right? And your prequels can be about anything, whatever you want. They don't have to be the origin story of Darth Vader. They can be. You can also have that origin story of Darth Vader that includes Han Solo, Leia, Luke, and Chewbacca. We don't get any Han in all the prequels. Uh, where does Han, where does Solo take place? But that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gotta be far enough away that there is no talk of Jedi. I think it's like... No, not where, but like where so, in the in the series. Like, I think it takes is place... Is it like 3.1? 2.5? No, I... Mm, you know pretty, what I'm saying, though? He's because young. Because people are Cause calling, it, people are calling Rogue One like Star Wars 3.75 or 3.9. I would call it 3.9 because it I, I would agree with four. that, but like, so does that make Star Wars like, does that make Solo Solo, like, 0.5, or does it make it, like... Did it happen before or after the fall of the Empire? After. I don't think I don't think we're going to get that answer, because no. I don't think... Because he needs to be far enough removed that he would have never even heard of a Jedi. Oh, but I mean, I think it just happens... Like far enough removed... I think it happens on the outer rim. He can, right, but he needs to be far enough removed that he can, from his perspective, go from one side of the galaxy to the other without ever hearing of a Jedi. Yeah, that would make him, that would make him thousands them, and thousands of years old. Why? Because the Jedi go back a long way. Well, not necessarily, because Rey had never heard of... No, no, no. No, 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 no. I mean, like, a, like a, he's distance-wise. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is it all happens, like, outside of the... Where it right, all goes Like, down the normal all. systems. Like, it, ha- it definitely happens in a place where Republic credits don't mean a damn thing. Well, yeah. But. I feel like when they go to Tatooine, they're like, wow, we're pretty much in the Republic now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, like, I'm, I'm curious to see where that ends up. And I guess we'll know as soon as we see the movie. Because it'll be like, is there an empire? If not... Well, there's... I think it's after three, because Chewbacca is on Kashyyyk. 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 In three. Fair enough. So it'd be, it'll be well, 3.1. we don't know. We don't know that Chewbacca's there. That's just the planet that Wookiees are from, right? No, no Chewbacca's he's in, there. Oh. He's Yoda in says three. Chewbacca's name. Oh, do they? I miss. Yeah, he's I, in three. It's been a long time since I've seen. No, you're three. good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, Yoda says like my old friend Chewbacca. I must go or something. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I I've avoided the prequels for a while. Most people I, do. You know, I I think every time I've watched them since. I've owned them has been with like the director's commentary on and I've just listened to the commentary. That's so interesting. I don't think I've ever watched anything except for the hundredth episode of Scrubs with director's commentary. I'm that person that watches everything with director's commentary at least once. 
They're super interesting. Mm-hmm. I stopped watching the director's commentary when I stopped buying DVDs, though, was the real problem. I still buy DVDs. I have watched Birdman with the director's commentary, and that is violently interesting. Anyway, um, oh, I had a point. I had a question. It's gone. It's gone forever. Y'all continue. Why do we care about what's going on in Naboo? Like, why does Naboo have so much power in this intergalactic Oh, because that's where Senator that Palpatine's from. So? I don't, I don't get it either. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. There's a sen- there's an important senator from every system. No, no, there's not. There's an important senator. Is he no, like there's an important the- senator from three systems, as it was uh, mentioned in that. Like, there's three people that got nominated. It was somebody from something, Senator Palpatine from Naboo, and Senator whatever his name is from the place, the other place where they have pod racing. Did so obviously know? that's a redneck system that we're never gonna listen to. So he's out. So like, I get the impression <laughs> that Senator Palpatine carries a lot of. It's the same thing with the with the wow. United States Senate. Is like there are senators that carry a lot more weight than other senators and those states become more important because those senators are from there that makes sense texas i don't know if that's the case or not texas um, i just yeah so like bernie sanders is from vermont right like that's a thing like he's the senator from vermont right so people yeah. develop an idea about vermont just based on bernie sanders correct where it's like nobody's sitting there you, apparently you do. nobody's sitting there going you know you know what? What is Virginia like? Because we know about Mark Warner. I don't even know about Mark. Exactly. Warner. That's what I'm saying. It's like there are senators that are more important than other people, or than other senators. I think it's the same way for the Galactic Senate. I think that Emperor, Emperor, I'm saying Emperor, that Senator Palpatine carries more weight than other senators. Okay, I can get behind that. You see, you see what that I'm saying though? Is like that's why we care about Naboo. Is like they obviously have just as much voice as the other people do in the Senate. They have the the same vote, but like they seem like a vocal group. But but what Padme keeps saying or. Amidala. Are we supposed to think that's two different characters or they have different motives? No. Okay, cool. No. What Amidala keeps saying is that, like, I need to go back and be with my people of Naboo. We don't, you know, outside of this stupid invasion, we don't want any part of all of this. So it's like, Palpatine is a very ambitious senator, I think, because it doesn't seem like his approach is the same of that of his people. Correct. Like, she wants to just get out of Coruscant as soon as possible. Right, she wants to be isolationist. Right. I'll tell you, Coruscant's a cool thing. Although, I did not gather until this watching that, that Palpatine was the senator from Naboo. No, me I neither. think it took me the, to like the second movie, third movie, to figure that he's out. He's the chancellor after that. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, I, there was like a connection in one of those. And I was like, oh, wait, it's the same person. Did you know that Kira Knightley plays half of Padme in this movie? Wait, really? Yeah. And they look so similar at this time in their lives that even their parents can't tell them She's apart. She's the queen, right? She's the queen. But they sw- kept Did switching they? roles on the queen okay. and the handmaiden. Huh. Which I thought was weird because the queen has a distinctly different voice. Correct. But she she just tries to sound a lot more real. Right. But like, yeah, it's it's a real thing. There's like people watch this movie trying to figure out when which one's which. And like like the truth is like hard to Also, reveal. what's up with her uh, her makeup and like the lip thing? Is she related to the to the Grandmaster or what? I think yeah. so. Oh, you haven't. You, Julia hasn't seen that. She didn't no, know I haven't. No. Damn. Girl, you gotta go watch Thor Ragnarok. I know. I have a whole list of movies that no, I need to okay. go see. I'm I'm gonna give you a piece of advice from from bacon and eggs to you. What you need to do is you need to take your list of movies you need to see and move Thor Ragnarok to the top. Now, should I put it before Black Panther? Because I haven't seen one. Black Panther it's a yet. Tough one. Either. Although that I'm planning on seeing this week. I it mean, is Black of Panther... the bacon and eggs opinion that Thor Ragnarok is a better movie, but Black Panther is a more important movie. Yeah. Is Thor Ragnarok out on DVD? It's about to be. I'll get. It. It's available on. Digital. I think. Well, when I get my credit card back, which will be tomorrow, I will get it. Please do. And watch it. Yeah. Also, go see Black Panther. Let's do, do both of those things. That's the plan. I'm just, I'm in a place where I don't, I have a lot of free time, but not a lot of free time. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Because I I know exactly that feeling. Oh my god. I oh my god. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's run down the air quote plot of this air quote movie. 
hair quote. I won't lie to you. When you said we had to watch The Phantom Menace, I literally, with you in the room, listened to. <laughs> yeah, we did get like halfway much through that all movie. of the Phantom. Dudes. It's a good movie. I'm not even gonna finish that sentence. I'm just gonna sound like a douche. Well, no, I'm just gonna be like, well, I mean, oh. the movie was pretty cool, but like the movie was by far not the best recording of the play. And if there's one I want to listen to, it's not Gerard Butler trying to sing. Stuff. Yeah, you're about to drop you, some theater nerd. That is actually very true. But they used to have a recording of it on Netflix, like of the yes, actual. It was amazing. It was the 2000 uh, yeah. something uh, 25th anniversary production with Ramin Karimlu, and it was amazing. It was very yeah, good. It was so much better than the movie, and now they took it off Netflix, and I'm sad. Yeah. He also did the, he was uh, Angeral. Yeah, Angeral in, in the 25th. In Le Mis with Nick Jonas. The, yep, that oh, one. I love that one. Me too. Except Nick Jonas. <laughs> Which Jonas was it? A Jonas that took over in yeah, yeah. Jonas. same one. Okay, yeah. So he played Marius in mm. the like 25th anniversary. Limits. Marius, what's wrong today? You look as though you've seen a ghost. Some wine and say what's going on. <laughs> I'm holding I should, a wine bottle in my hand. Uh, saying that. Oh, is that what he's saying? Like some wine? I thought yeah. he was saying like some. Yeah. I thought he was saying a ghost. You say a ghost maybe. She I thought he was saying like a ghost some people complain. That's my Nick Jonas impression. No, some some wine and, and tell us what's Which, happening. Would you like okay, some see, wine? The way that they always sing it doesn't doesn't translate that way. For Correct. Me. Fun fact: the guy who recorded that version of that character was Raoul in that 25th anniversary. Actually, game. did you know? Yes. I can talk about this it. all day, but this is not. Uh, no, this is not <laughs> bacon and eggs. Talk about 80s theater reproduced in the 21st century. You know. Julia, when we get to that episode, we're going to bring you back on just because you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I lived with you for like five years. Uh, yeah, I know. But most people that don't live with me or talk to James all the time don't know what I'm talking about. I wouldn't say I talk to James all the time. Well, he introduced me to this stuff. We went and saw the guy that did uh, that did Valjean in that 25th anniversary Les Mis. We went and saw him sing live. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. That it would, was incredible. Oh, amazing. I'm hoping to get up to New York this year. And go to see a couple Broadway shows on Broadway. Very excited. A couple? They're not cheap. You're not going to see, like, Hamilton, are you? That's... No, that's too expensive. Does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore, and a Scotsman. You know the words to Hamilton? I know the words to that song. I um, could not listen to the whole thing. Derek made us. Derek Knabenbauer? So, yeah, that Knabenbauer. one. Is that how you pronounce it? Knabenbauer? Yeah. Na- I would have yeah. thought it was Nab- Nabenbauer. Yeah, a lot of people would, but it's actually Knabenbauer, just like it's Knife and Kano. Oh, no, this time Palpatine was not written as palpitating. It was written as My Pal Putin. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about the fact yeah. that... Uh, Darth Sidious and Chancellor Palpatine set up, because they're the same person, set up the attack on Naboo. Like, he has the Trade Federation attack his own country so that he can win control of the Senate. Yeah, he doesn't care about Naboo. He's an evil dude. That's a pretty well-written thing. I'm all for it. That's what I'm saying is, like, that's some actually good writing. For, yeah. for once, is like, I didn't catch, and I didn't, I didn't catch that until this time. I didn't catch a lot until this time. Every time I watch this movie, because I have to, I'm always like, you know what, that dialogue... <laughs> It's bad, but I know somewhere in there there's a well-written story. Well, every time I watch this movie, I'm approximately, like, five years old. Correct. So. Yeah. God, only imagine what I'll know when I'm 29. Are we going to revisit it when when you're 29? Absolutely not. I don't know, man. (laughs) My plan is to never watch this movie again. Because now you don't have to, because you can do... Four, five, two, three, six, seven, eight. Right, or I could just go watch the the version that doesn't have any Jar Jar Binks in it. If it's still on YouTube, I bet Disney was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Or I can I can listen uh-uh. to my own podcast and say, hey, what did Young Ethan think about this? Oh, Young Ethan hated it for good reason. Yeah, but like, oh my God, I just I realized I forgot about that until you said that right now. But watching this, I realized like how much 
you don't miss anything if you just cut all the scenes yeah, that have Jar Jar in them out. Yeah, and you get in like a... You still get the entire movie. It's just like an hour and a half long. He's useless. He's a useless character, I would say. Yeah, and... Well, and they, they realize that in the future movies and that he's only, like, barely in, um, only barely in Attack yeah, of the Clones. Yeah, he's in it, right? He's the in new it. senator, right? Or, yeah. Like Revenge, Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Yeah. I know that he's given, like, a spot as the, the Nubian... The Nubian senator, yeah. Nubian is the word for someone from Naboo, correct? That's why he keeps referring to the Naboo starfighter or the Naboo starship as a yeah, Nubian, right? I believe so. It is also somebody that can trace their ancestral okay. roots back to the kings of Africa, which is a little confusing. <laughs> it is also uh, how people describe me when I play World of Warcraft. The noob. No, that's just a noob. noob. <laughs> You are officially someone that gets pooned. Poon all the noobs. I won't lie to you, man. I go to meetings for World of Warcraft. What are we talking about again? Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom. The Phantom Menace. of the Menace. Oh God! What a stupid it. thing. I think I think R two D two has more force powers than anybody else. No. Although I will say the force powers in this movie are very well utilized. You don't catch it much, but Qui Gon does the force like these aren't the droids you're looking for. The mind trick. Yeah, to, but like, it doesn't work people. on yeah. uh, the mosquito guy. <laughs> I, which I think is weird because he he knows his Jedi. I'm a whatever. The tricks what do don't work on me. Jedi, and he's got like a like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, Republic credits don't work. So did you notice in every single shot of Qui Gon Jinn and Padme yeah. walking together, Qui Gon's like nine feet taller than her? Well, yeah. okay, so back to but like, like me watching else. the director's commentary. They because Liam Neeson is actually just really tall. Isn't and they actually Damon had to rebuild tall? some of the sets because they built it to like a normal person's height and they had you to can, rebuild them. You could fit through a seven foot doorway through the doors. Six foot four. Did I just like reveal my privilege a little bit or like, is that normal height for a doorway? Well, I mean, I think Star Wars doorways are a little bit different since they go like. A lot of arches, a lot of, not a lot of shiplap on Tatooine. Thank God. Joanna oh. Gaines would have a connection. I've been there. To Tatooine? To... Oh, I was like, no, oh my gosh. To you have a... Joanna Gaines is Yeah, place. she's from Texas. Yeah, she's from <laughs> No, I mean, Julia. Yeah, which is... It's, it's honestly... Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Vague. Just roll with it. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the origin either. Julia, we've gotten off topic. Julia, give me a, a hot take on... Uh, what? What's something... Like, we've we run down the plot, sort of, kind of. I mean, there's the, mov the movie... There's no plot. The movie just kind of happens. It just, like, it sits in front of you and is scene after scene of unconnected stories. It's like, it's like Love Actually, but, like, they took out the ending, right? Where it's just, like, a bunch of apathetic characters who I don't care about saying things to a camera. But I want to know what you liked. What did you like about this movie? Because there there does have some, some shining characteristics. This isn't a, a test. I'm curious as to what you came away with, like, I think I like the nostalgia factor more than anything else. Yeah, um, the, I agree. The music was good. Yeah. Liam Neeson. The music is, is great. Um, I like that we get Ewan McGregor. I mean, I didn't particularly like him. I didn't hate him in this movie, but I like him in subsequent things. Yeah. So I like the introduction of him. So. Yeah, he's definitely not used to his full potential here. Yeah. There's no train spotting. Um, I, I, I'll agree with that. I like the nostalgia is a good way to put it. I like, you know, you, the first note I wrote down was I still get chills when I hear that fanfare and you get that blue text and then the Star Wars logo and the you know what i'm saying like you still get the chills but then the, like the, the scrolling text doesn't make any sense the first line of it is 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 where's my notes is like turmoil has engulfed the galactic republic the taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute that immediately tells me this is not a story i care about this is not even something i cared about and like 
like my own American history. This is just this is just like trade disputes. Ethan, what about you? What'd you like? I don't know. Is it choreography? I did like the choreography. Before I get into what I like, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple kind of unforgivable things that I haven't brought up yet. Okay, and I was just reading through my notes and I forgot about some of them. And I want to go ahead and, and bring those up real quick before I talk about what I liked about them. And I don't want to keep like pooping on this movie, but there's some stuff that needs to be said. First of all, midichlorians. Okay, we, we've avoided talking about it. There's a part in this movie where Obi-Wan says that his midichlorian count is off the chart. And Qui-Gon Jinn is like, yeah, yeah, that's correct. And Obi-Wan goes, what does that mean? And Qui-Gon says, I'm not sure. Yeah, me either, bro. Excellent. Me either. Excellent exposition we've got oh. there. <laughs> like, what is a midichlorian? I always re I always thought it was like this was just me being in biology. Was like midichlorian. Oh, mitochondrian. Like they're not the same thing, but in my head, that's what they were. So it's just like you can see their force power by looking at their blood. Oh, that's weird, right? Like, what is that? Well, because then you get into like the other movies, and nobody it never talked about again. No, ever. Yeah. Um. That and and Qui Gon he he straight up he tells Shmi he's like, well, I didn't come to this planet to free slaves. I'm like, what are you doing as a Jedi then, bro? Like, what is your purpose? I'm not really sure what their purpose is. And then like he's like, oh, you, you you've seen right through me. I'm here to free slaves. Like, what do the Jedi stand for if he's gonna be like, nah, I'm not gonna free slaves. I think slaves. what he's saying is that like that's something we love to do, but is definitely not something that just two of us is capable of doing. Too to an extent that would make you happy. Yeah, but he does free one slave. So it's like, in some in some aspects, it's like Schindler's List 2.0. Well, he doesn't free slaves, it's just he frees I mean, Jews from eternity. you could say that. Anyway. Yeah, so he doesn't want to free slaves. Like, what are you doing as a Jedi then? Like, what is your what is your purpose here? His purpose... What was their purpose there? To get a replacement part for the ship, because even though R2-D2 repaired it, while they were leaving Naboo, their purpose uh, on Naboo was, was to get back off. Enough Naboo. That they could fly <laughs> not their purpose the on Tatooine, of course, no, was to get back Tatooine. off Tatooine. But they had to meet Anakin in the process right. because that's how the story went. Despite the fact that that Qui Gon Jinn definitely would have seen his Force power from the beginning, since he's sensitive to Force users, and he would have noticed that there was like a bad thing going on there, like every single other Jedi on the Council did, and he didn't listen. And then Obi Wan Kenobi trains him because it was what his master wanted. He would have just killed Anakin dead on the spot if he was like an actual Jedi that did what he was supposed to do. Right? Like maybe we shouldn't have this happen. Right, and the whole Jedi Council's like, yeah, this is a bad idea. And Qui-Gon's like, listen, guys. Listen. No, it's not. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi's like, well, I mean, if Master Qui-Gon says it, then I might as well go along with it. I mean, he was kind of drugged up. Have you seen train spotting? <laughs> uh, those two things do not exist in the same universe. <laughs> is that not canon? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> those are all the, the complaints I have, I think. Hang on, let me check. What do you like, though, Ethan? That's what I, I want to know. I don't, though. It's the thing. Like, I don't know what I like about this movie. The choreography is cool. The music is cool. Um, I don't know. It's really, really poorly acted. It's really poorly written. What do you think would have happened with this series if, like, say the the original trilogy never came out, and then they just made this It would have movie. stopped at this movie. I yeah, think... it never would have gotten a sequel. I don't know. No, because think... back then, sequels weren't the thing. Like, now sequels are the thing. Everything gets a sequel. Everything gets a remake. Like, that's all we it do goes, anymore is make Ghost remakes Ghostbusters only got one like, there's, there hasn't... No, it got what? two. Well, it got a sequel and a remake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's I'm what I'm saying. It's like... 
that wasn't the that wasn't the culture back then. It's like they still had original ideas back then. Eh, I don't think anything is really original anymore. Movies that didn't hinge on something else still existed back then and got popular back then. Yeah, I can go with that. They don't anymore. Like, like what? our blockbusters, our blockbusters coming up for this year are like Infinity War and Solo and Jurassic World Two, which Jurassic World Three was just confirmed. Right, but it's a, it's a yeah. sequel of a remake. Do we have any blockbusters that are or a reboot original stories this year? I'm sure we probably do. not. Honestly, yeah, Ant Man, which like, is a sequel. That's like a sequel of a sequel. That's what I'm saying. Is like there's not it, like the blockbusters anymore aren't. It, it, and this has been the way for five or six years now. It's like all the all the big movies. Ready are, Player yeah, One. Ready, Ready Player, Player One, One is a movie about other movies and books and stuff. It's gonna suck. I am. I'm, I'm so I am mad. so scared that it's triggered. Anyway, this movie would not have stood by itself if it was like if we just got Episode One and not Episode Four, Five, Six. Star Wars would have died here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wouldn't have had the box office weekend. It would have been like, did you know, Ethan? You've always been a defender of the uh, um, Divergent series. Right, but Divergent would have been hinged like off of like, Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah, yeah. 100%. No. But no. Divergent, no. Divergent could not have been made in a movie that would have succeeded. Because those movies were bad. The fourth one. I will admit those movies were bad. If Hunger if Hunger Games had not been made into successful movies, Divergent would not have been made into movies. But past the first one. You think so? I think it's different. You want to do some rankings? I just don't know what else we have to say. I feel like we just keep crapping on it and coming back to the same points. Like, I like the music. I like the choreography. I don't like the acting or the delivery or the cinematography and we all seem to agree on that this is true we've never not liked a movie not true we didn't like the even some extent we we gave the incredible hulk some redeeming features i used to think it was so good oh can we talk real quick about the just the horrendousness (gasps) of the child acting in this movie yes But, like, Anakin's friends are the worst. Yes. Like... Uh, is his buddy Greedo? No. I don't think so. But, like, one of those kids has braces. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, one, the, one I, of the girls has braces. And there's a I kid... I didn't notice that. There's a kid that's like, yo, Anakin, this is so wizard. They don't say lightsaber. He uses wizard as an adjective. You don't ever do that? He's, no! He's so, he's so <laughs> yeah, They don't say lightsaber. They say laser sword. Uh, it, It's just... I don't know. The the kids are the kids are bad, man. The kids are bad. Probably the worst part of the movie. The kid included. And like he got like he had to like drop out of school because people hated him so much. I remember that. I remember the, the kid yeah, that yeah. played the kid that played baby Anakin. Yeah, he had to be like homeschooled because he was just being ridiculed. Which well, that's depressing. It sucks. Like that's not fair to that kid at all. Because it's not his fault. It's the absolutely George Lucas's fault. They had all that money. One hundred fifteen million dollars was one heck of a budget in two thousand or in nineteen ninety eight. Right, and none of it was spent on dialogue. None of it was spent on like let's shoot that again because that was awful try it like this this time it's like a really expensive version of the room so for rankings ethan darth maul's cool i don't really know for anything villain, about for him. villain ranking is he the villain i don't here? know we i kind of at least at this point in the story we don't know like for everything we see in this story if you don't know that darth city is and the, and the chancellor are the same person <laughs> chancellor seems like a pretty good th- good guy yeah but like you know darth city this is a bad person he's a sith right? we got two sith yeah they also say a line in this movie that just like ruins like doesn't make any freaking sense there's always two no more no less it's like what are you talking about there at the end of this movie there's one the, at least the, for a time until like darth they can recruit darth another one or if you darth follow Maul the canon well, that that's darth the, maul that's the lives he then at some point there's three where's darth plagueis so all of darth plagueis was or no sir revan was, Sidious, was sidious's master was he i guess who was, who was sidious's master was it plagueis okay so plagueis is alive that's the theory is plagueis is alive and he allows himself to be taken by the force so that anakin can become his sith 
Yeah. Isn't there a theory that he's the one who created yes. Anakin? Yeah, he can influence the midichlorians. Like, through the Force? Life. Yeah. I mean, Anakin was definitely born of the Force, just in the same way Rey was. Or the same way right. I believe Rey to be. Okay. But Anakin was definitely born of the Force. Shmi says as much. She, she's like, there's no... Oh, problem. yeah, no, he was. Yeah, which, as a child, I didn't understand at all, but... Because yeah. he's Jesus. Yeah, this movie, this, this series has got some strange undertones about its thoughts on Jesus. <laughs> if, uh, if Anakin is supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> about how Jesus is actually Satan. Right. All right, so we got a villain ranking. So our, our villain ranking goes on a scale of, what is it? Uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Jones Keith Ledger. Teeth I mean, Ledger, or just... a scale of the Trade Federation goons to Sabalba, <laughs> both of whom appear in this movie. <laughs> Honestly, it, like, if you look at Palpatine, he's actually got some redeeming qualities. Using, like, his own army to attack his own other army so that he can get what he wants and power in the Senate. Like, that's kind of a genius move. It's the only decent piece of writing uh, in the whole movie. So Palpatine's so good. Darth Maul's good. We don't get enough. Yeah. The double-bladed right. lightsaber thing is cool. I will say this about the choreography is that if you, like, if you just hone in on, like, Obi-Wan or just Qui-Gon, they're swinging their lightsaber not at the enemy. They're swinging it at his blade, which is frustrating. But I still like it. The choreography's cool. Um, I don't know. I don't think... Yeah. Which was... I think it was a cool thing since they're aimed at kids so much. Because when I would fight lightsabers with my buddies, that's what we would do. But then, oh. but then when I would fight lightsabers, with I didn't my have brothers, older siblings. They would for like that. me take either. Much I'm, more obvious approach. I'm the oldest. at me. Right. Um, as far as the movie itself, now, Ethan, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do? Yeah, I mean, we can do a Star Wars ranking too. But I think about. it's time to start putting everything to the to the actual grindstone. The bottom of our list is the Incredible Hulk. So it's not. It's, it's the not worst. Better. It's the worst. <laughs> It's just not better. The Incredible Hulk has like, what do you think, Julia? You're you're our guest. Tell us. Uh, um, I mean, I don't think it's better than the Incredible Hulk, but I also think it because it launched the resurgence of Star Wars. I feel like it gets some credit there because The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are really good. So I don't know. Well, now hold on, hold on, hold on. The Incredible Hulk has the same claim to fame. There, these are both tasks. I know. These are both tasks with being great parts of great series. I don't. I don't think so because I never watched The Incredible Hulk until relatively recently, and I have watched every other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Well, but you can leave this one out, too. Yeah, you could. Right? So The Incredible Hulk was important because it came out, like, with Iron Man, pretty much. And it needed to be good. And if Iron Man wasn't pulling both of them up, we wouldn't have the MCU that we have today. Because The Hulk was bad. But we've kind of rated these movies based on, like, like, how did you just like this movie, not necessarily what it stood for. Oh, just this movie? Yeah, no, it was bad. It's almost like a rewatchability scale. Like, would you go see this movie again? Like, would you turn around tomorrow and watch this movie again? No. Yeah. No. I wouldn't. I would put, if I had to pick between The Incredible Hulk and Star Wars, I would probably, or in episode one, I would probably put it above The Incredible Hulk. Because I've only seen The Incredible Hulk once, and I have zero desire to ever see that again. This one, if it if it's on, I wouldn't turn it, like... Well, and that's that's the nostalgia factor playing into it, is, for yeah. sure, is, like, it's a Star Wars yeah. movie. And that's what yeah, this yeah, movie trades in on, mostly, to, to give it very... any kind of semblance of, like, it's good. Is it, like, it's good because it's a Star Wars movie. It's a tough one. It's right, a tough one, yeah. for sure. I would... Uh, it, that is... Re- that's tough. I mean, yeah. they're both definitely at the bottom, but it's which one is... Which one is the more bottom. I almost just want to put it on the bottom just to have something else on the bottom. You know what I mean? I definitely know what you mean. Because it's because we've had the Incredible Hulk at the bottom since Bacon and Eggs episode two. You know what's tough, too, is that, like, 
we we typically review blockbusters and we typically review movies we like. So it's tough to find stuff that goes to the bottom. Like it's got to be something within a series that just wasn't as good as the rest. Which of course, like right now, we're still early in the stages of like the grand, you know, how many series have we watched? We thought this is the beginning of the third. Um, and I don't know, where did Back to the Future Part 2 fall? Higher uh, Yeah, it was like around Iron Man, not Iron Man, uh, around uh, Ant-Man level. Really? Yeah. Back to the Future Part 1 is our number one. Uh, right? Yeah. I'm not happy about it, but yeah. I'm just salty about Last Jedi. Eh... Oh, it's better than The Last Jedi. We'll talk about it when we get there in six movies. <laughs> so, final ranking. What about I, in the I Star Wars rankings? Below. Is it better or worse well, than The Last Jedi? It's pretty Jedi. low on the, the Star Jedi. Wars ranking, I would say. That's the bottom of the Star Wars ranking. This is awful. All right, let's... Julia, do you want to help us tie a breakfast food to this? Sure, I've been thinking about this, like, for three days. Yeah. No way! <sighs> nice! Is this your favorite part of the show? What's your favorite part of the show? I honestly really like when you guys get off topic. Good. Because it's funny. I like um, and I do like this part because it's super weird not like, like in a like bad way but it's to try and think of breakfast food and so now i'm oh yeah. i said I mean, so now i try to think of breakfast foods to go with different movies that's so mouth, cool you know that's what right. this is it's a metaphor <laughs> spoilers for all the movies mouth, but you don't have the power to do the killing even though he puts the cigarette in his mouth and then dies anyway <laughs> Oh. <laughs> anyway, Julia, I'm really interested to hear your take on the breakfast food because I okay. also have already decided what I think this is the breakfast food of. So I, luckily my dad doesn't listen to these podcasts, but I would compare it to my dad's pancakes, which brutal wow. as, a, Yikes. as a child, no, Whoa. hold on. So as a child, I really liked them because I thought that's how pancakes were made. And then I had real oh pancakes that God. were... That's the perfect description. Because <laughs> my dad doesn't actually cook the pancakes all that. the way through. And so they're kind of... It's disgusting. It's Don't do that. Amazing. Thank you. Holy <laughs> oh my shit. God. So that that is my thought of... Like, when I was younger, I thought that pancakes were awesome. And then I had actual pancakes that were cooked all the way through and realized that those oh my pancakes gosh. I don't that even I have used to have answer. were not I would awesome. also so say Julia's dad's pancakes. <laughs> So I want I want to give my own answer because it's it kind of ties into okay. some stuff we talked about with bacon and eggs to begin with. Okay, so you remember how in the Guardians of the Galaxy two episode I talked about how Nebula looked like a '90s pop tart, right? <laughs> okay, so I went out and found those wild berry pop tarts. And you know what? They're not good. <laughs> no. no, they're not good. They were so good in the '90s when I was six, and now no. they're not. And that's what this is to me. This is the first thing I thought of. I was like, this movie is that damn '90s pop tart. Because, like, it was such a great memory from my childhood, and then I had it today, and I'm just like, oh, God, this is so much sugar. So yeah, much sugar, yeah. right? I wake up, and I'm like, like oh, uh, this is not like what I pebbles. want right now. Moist, but I like I like sugar. your pancakes, Julia. That's that's awesome. Ethan, what, if I, have I asked this question on the podcast before? What are, what are Pop-Tarts supposed to be? Like, if you were to buy a gourmet version of a Pop-Tart, what would you be buying? The ravioli. Pop-Tarts are a form of ravioli. Because it's it's filling inside of a dough, pastry, kind of like oblong thing with some sauce on top. Like a pierogi? Pierogi is just an incorrect ravioli. (laughs) Anyway, so there we go. That's, That's the breakfast ranking. Julia, what is next for Julia? Um, where do, where, where dost thou go from here? Oh, that's a rough question. Hopefully I leave Arizona in June, like I'm supposed to. Okay. Um, I'm planning on, tra- um, like I have a lot of travel plans for my travel channel. Um, going up to DC in June to run in the Spartan race with 
Ben and Jay Carlin and other people. I'll be. Re- I don't think it's gonna be a run. We'll go on. We'll be, like be there. A fast we're not walk. running though. We're super out of shape. Or a slow walk even. Um, but we'll I'm... be. We'll be there. Yeah, I, we're going four to miles is further than I can go. <laughs> Me too. Weird. Um, and then what else? Uh, I'm either gonna go to New York or Russia as well. I haven't decided yet. And just kind of continue to do my YouTube thing. I'm hoping I got demonetized today because. They changed the rules. So hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, so go follow Julia on Julie Goes and Julie Goes Travel. Uh, yeah, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you. I'm so glad you graced us from Arizona. Oh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. We enjoyed you. Oh, well, thanks. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with Bacon and Eggs, you can go to, to, to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. That's a great place because there you can give us money. But if you just want to be our friends, you can go to the Facebook group, uh, super secret, super public, super whatever you want it to be. It's a really good time. We have like, there's a really strong community uh, of just amazing people who want to get to know each other and want to talk about the podcast and great movies and bad movies and the movies we all like here. Uh, you can also follow Ethan and I on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Americarlin, that's America, R-L-I-N, on Twitter and Instagram. And Ethan is at Wow Now, but the O's are zeros. Uh, that's an exclamation that nobody says, but Ethan insists upon. Uh, and... Uh, 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 yeah, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Bacon and Eggs 23. There's a lot of prequel memes there, and we talk a lot Star Wars there. Julia, where can we reach you on your socials? Um, so my Twitter handle is underscore fit underscore hippie. Yes, yes, I just tweeted at you. Yes. Um, Instagram is Julia Gulia 2009, and those are J U L I A, and then G U L I A 2009. Um, and yep, that's my social. Oh, hey, look, Mary Carlin started following you. We weren't lying. Perfect. Anyway, uh, this is fun. A lot of fun. I love guest shows. I love having guests on. Julia, thank you so much for being a part of this and making Bacon and Eggs the great thing that it is a community. Uh, a joining together of ideas across the, the continents. Although this is the, the same continent. But here pretty soon we'll be across some continents. Uh, this is a super good time. Thank you for joining us. Ethan, do you have any uh, closing remarks? I do not have any closing remarks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you everybody for listening. And until next time, Arrivederci. Amidala and Anakin sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Doo-doo!